Today's BYU Sports broadcast will begin in 30 seconds. Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. The Cougs are 1-0 after taking care of business in Tampa. Now they're back in the Beehive State to open their home slate. It's Baylor Week, and we're breaking it down with the head coach and Keenan Peely next on BYU TV. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, welcome back. Good to have you all with us. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. We welcome you back inside Studio C, inside the BYU Broadcasting Building on the beautiful Brigham Young University campus in Provo, Utah, for another edition of BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Good to have you joining us live and on demand via the BYU TV app and the BYU Radio app tonight. For those watching live, as always, we invite you to take part in our Insta polls via the Opine app. Simply get and then open the app on your phone. Then watch the side of the screen for poll questions throughout tonight's show. Our social media hashtag, by the way, is hashtag Sitake Show. Coming up on tonight's broadcast, we will look back on a comfortable season opening win at South Florida. After a lengthy weather delay in Tampa, they got things underway. BYU won big. We'll go inside the film room with Jerem Jordan and Max Tooley. Deep Blue will profile BYU newcomer Chris Brooks, who had a big day on Saturday. Linebacker Keenan Peely will join us in studio, and we'll answer social media questions in our Q&A segment for Coach Kalani and Keenan, plus a look ahead to BYU and Baylor and a live look at the brand-new uniform combo for the Cougs this weekend. And to get tonight's show on the road, let's bring in the head coach of the Cougars. He is Kalani Sitake. Hazel, you got my Here we go. Producer Hema. Thank you. Hema's daughter Hazel is tonight's lay girl again. And uh, lays provided by Lays for Days. Lays it's good for... luck. Yeah, we, we're 1 0 with the yeah. Lays this year. Oh. Good to see you again. Great to be here. What's up, guys? It's a happy crowd. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> get out of the heat and let's get in the air conditioning and, and talk some ball. So there we go. Excited to be here. Uh, you're 6 and 1 in season openers. What's your, what's your secret? <laughs> I don't even know that. I was like, I, I'm, all I care about is we're 1-0 right now and, you know, working to get into that second one, which is going to be really tough. But uh, luckily, we're, we're at home, so it's a good home opener for us. And I'm really excited. I know the fans are really excited about it, too. So looking forward to seeing our guys play. I'm, other than that, the season opener, I, I wish I could take all the credit for it. We have really good staff, great players, and and fan base that gives us support no matter where we're at, whether we're on the road or at home. So I was really thankful that uh, a bunch of fans showed up there in Tampa and, and waited it out with the delay and everything mm -hmm. and brought a lot of energy and excitement. And um, they, they, they're a game changer for all of us. And uh, we can count on them. I mean, look at all the sports that they attend. And on the road and at home, we have the best fans. And so honor for me to be a coach and to be around those fans. 
I, I'm a fan too. You know, I, I was, before I was a coach and a player, I was a fan too. So we got that common ground. You guys got out to Tampa last week on Thursday, and then Thursday afternoon, evening, storms hit. Friday afternoon and evening, storms hit. So you knew that with a 4 o'clock kick time on Saturday, there was a chance you could see a similar pattern emerge. So in, in one respect, you may have been expecting it, and you actually planned a little bit ahead just in case you did have a delay, right? Yeah, we did, and then it's looked like, it looked like we were about to go, and, you know, um, we, we had team prayer and, uh, in the locker room and got them up, and I gave my talk, and, I thought we got them fired up, and then we walked out. Right when we walked out, they're like, oh, stop, we're in a delay. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> we got to do all that all over again, you know? And, and so it's like, oh, man. So um, we went back, and, yeah, we, we, we knew that um, this could be a possibility. And so we just uh, we had a plan already in place and had a lot of really good people to work with, um, and our support staff, our, our strength staff, our, our, our trainers, um, our sports scientists, all, all those people there um, – you know, the decision makers gave us their input and gave us the research and the, the data. And we're like, OK, let's let's uh, let's devise a plan for what's going to happen. And um, out there, the, the rule is if it strikes, it resets again every 30 minutes. Yeah. And so we didn't want to distract the players with it. We just told them just relax. And then we'll, when it's time to go, we'll let them know. And we, we want I mean, they everyone prepares differently. We just want them to just get off their feet and. Uh, since we weren't gone. We so what was going on in the locker room during that two and a half hours? Uh, a lot of different things, guys. I mean, getting Tyler Batty to settle down and sit down was, was a task. So I, <laughs> I, I let the strength coaches handle that one. But for the most part, everybody else was, was okay to sit down and chill and relax. It was just hard because we were so amped up, ready to go. And then, um, then it's just like, hey, never mind, hold. And, and that's all right. I, I thought they handled it really well. And, and you know, I might just tell them that there's a delay and the game was supposed to be played at 6 this weekend and we ended up playing at 8.15, so who knows. <laughs> Did you end up uh, watching some, some games uh, during that time? Could the guys get their phones out to see what's going on and things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we encourage them to do, to do that and, and kind of get their minds. So you have to remember that they're prepping all week and mm -hmm. even before that, prepping all, all fall camp for the month. And all they've been thinking about is their, their own team, watching their own film. And so when they get the chance to watch other people play football, it's really cool. Um, I, I, help, I think it helps increase their football IQ. They can see some of the mistakes and some of the things that they can that, to look out for in day one stuff. And um, while, while that was going on, just reminding them of their hydration um, and, and, and making sure their bodies are, are taken care of by the time it's ready to roll. And uh, I thought the guys handled the climate really well. I mean, you know, we knew that it was going to be humid. And the guys, I thought they, they adapted to it really nicely. Did you do a second pregame talk or did you say what I said before guys just remember that let's go. No I told him hey everything that I said before like forget about it <laughs> just throw it out the window and let's start brand new. No I just told him that uh, I always wanted to keep them loose and just let's have fun. I said now it's time to go and then I just said just be grateful that you get to play this game and that you have wonderful people that are waiting here to watch you play and that there's wonderful people that are watching you at home so just for them to remember what they're playing for and it's not just about themselves to go out, have fun, play with sportsmanship, and let's see what happens. And hey. I, my job is just to get them relaxed and not be so focused on, on um, the result rather than their performance and being at their best. Okay, let's see what happened. Let's hit some highlights presented to you by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. And Kalani will help us uh, help talk us through the big win over in South Florida. This is the first play of the game after that long wait. Yeah, really nice call by A-Rod, and, and um, I mean, Puka had uh, some great blocks in front of him, and, and you know I, I think um, he has that 
We have a lot of guys that, that can break big plays and then find the end zone, and uh, he's one of them. So, you know, we, we, we had guys show up, make big plays. You got Max here with the, the pick six, and I was just hoping he didn't fall on him, you know. <laughs> it was like he was like running downhill for some reason, and yeah, but maybe he, he was hanging out with Batty pregame. But, um, you know, just all the guys played really well. I thought, I thought the scheme, everything was clicking really nicely. Uh, it didn't go without any errors or mistakes, but uh, I thought offensively execution was on point. And this is what we saw them doing pretty much all camp. And um, defensively, we made some really cool plays and some good plays, but also some mistakes. That, and, and, you know, offensively, there were some mistakes along the way. Obviously, special teams, we gave up this kickoff for a touchdown and a, a, another long one. But um, fundamentals will fix that. We had guys that could come to balance, make tackles. and not leave their feet and, um, you know, just good, good, good learning moments for our guys. You had a 38-0 lead before USF scored. They did get those back-to-back -to -back touchdowns. You get a safety, you get to 40. Your final touchdown comes here in the second half. Chris Brooks on a big day in his first day in a BYU uniform. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he, he can do that. You know, that's, that's why he's here. And, um, a lot like what Tyler's done for us. So, uh, you know, I like what he and, and and uh, you know, Lapini did for us with the running backs, and then Miles Davis, those guys did a really good job in pass pro as well. And um, Jackson McChesney came in and, and was a spark plug like he always is. So, uh, you know, I think overall happy about the win. Obviously, there's some things we can, we can improve on. There's some really cool learning moments for us to get better and, as a team. And, and um, I, we got the answers though. So let's work uh, this week on getting it done. And, and, yeah, making sure that we improve from week one to week two. I know one of the things you focused on was uh, once you got up 21-0, that was the same score you had in the first quarter against USF last year, and you felt like you maybe didn't finish the way you wanted to. This league got to 38-0 before USF scored. I felt like you uh, kept aggressive and uh, and increased your lead when you wanted to there early in the game. Yeah, and just not not just, um, I mean, overall the team knew it. So we, we, we knew what happened last year, and, and just having them be aware and them reminding each other that, there's a lot more football to be played and to take advantage of all the 60 minutes that we have afforded to us. And that's, um, you know, it didn't go perfect all 60 minutes, but uh, we played better in the majority of those minutes. And that's why the, the, the lead felt really comfortable. You know, but, um, for me, it's just like, man, why are we making these mistakes? I'm really <laughs> upset. But um, overall, um, pretty good pretty good game yeah you scored the I hit the half century mark for the second time in your last three season openers scored 55 against Navy a couple years ago in the uh, COVID game uh, Jaron Hall solid steady uh, two touchdowns he throws a pick in the end zone uh, the only real blemish on his night really efficient night Jaron looked in control in command yeah and just just looked like he knew where to go with everything he made the right checks uh, had the right audibles um, just seemed like he was a step ahead of everything and then um, uh, for us, not knowing a lot what we're going to see from the defense, uh, Jaron looked really prepared, and I, I give A-Rod a lot of credit for getting him there and, and our offensive staff. They, everything seemed to click really well. Um, you know, we had some guys that got banged up and guys that weren't able to go, and then you had other bunch of people. He spread the ball out like crazy, so um, you, obviously we have a lot of capable players that can play. We have some depth, and, and we were able to see some of that depth, especially on the offensive side in terms of receptions. So there's Jaron's night. The 25 completions you see there, that's a new career high for him 
in a single game. He had 22 three different times. He goes to 25, so that's a new high for him. High completion rate, as you see there. And Kalani, you mentioned how well he spread it around. 12 different guys caught passes for you. And that's without Gunnar Romney being in the game and losing Puka early. Yeah, and that, that's, um, you know, Jaron doesn't care about who where the ball goes. He just wants to get it to the right person. And um, when you do that, it's hard to stop our, our offense. And A-Rod, A-Rod does what he's supposed to, but he took the blame for the, for the interception. He felt like he could, he could have called it a different place. It was on the, on the hash that he didn't want to, didn't want to, he just kind of forced that call. Um, so it didn't give a lot of spacing for that route to open up. And so, um, yeah, I put that, put that interception on A-Rod. We'll just mark it up on his stats. <laughs> Uh, you already mentioned Chris Brooks a little bit earlier. I want to talk a little bit more about Chris because you lose an NFL draft pick in Tyler Algier. Then you just expect a guy to come in and kind of take the simil- a similar kind of workload, and he responds the way he did. And A-Rod has told me that you had an eye on Chris Brooks for a while, and you're really happy to finally get him from Cal. And he showed uh, why you wanted him so badly. Yeah, and, and more than just his ability on the field, it's the things that he does as a person, the connection that he has to our team, um, for him to be voted a co-captain just shows you how much he loves being a part of our, our team culture. Uh, the connection that he has with Lapini and the other running backs, it's, it's, uh, it's like he's been here the entire time, you know. So um, we're really fortunate to have him here. But more than anything, I'm just really happy that he was bought into with the mission of our school and mission of our football team and our church. And that's, it's a pleasure to have him be part of our program. And he's, you know, just like, you look at that, I mentioned him, Lopini. Those guys did a great job of running the ball and, and protecting the ball. That was, that was key for, for me. For a newcomer to be a captain, what does it take for that to happen, do you think? Yeah, it's just him being able, I mean, and he's older, so you know, he has a degree in his pocket so from Cal and, and just wanted to be part of this team culture. And, and so he jumped in right from the beginning and didn't, he went right into service and trying to help people and uh, saw the power in that. And, and it allowed him to settle in and feel like he belonged, you know. So I, uh, I, it's it's like he's always been a part of our group. It just feels like okay, he should have been here for five years. So mm. hopefully we can in recruiting we can find those guys yeah. and make sure that they're here from the beginning. You brought up Lopini Katoa. Let's watch a little bit of Lopini at work in the USF game. And I think we're going to at different times this season just realize how fortunate you are without taking for granted the fact that Lopini is still part of your backfield and getting it done for you because uh, he's, he's the perfect complement, it would appear, to what you're trying to get done out there at running back. Yeah, and you talk about leadership. He's been, he's been voting captain for us early in his career. Um, you know, he, he's given up. and we, You saw the deep blue on him and the adversity that he's, he's had to go through. Um, and just always having a smile on his face and then being able to lift others up when they're struggling. So that's, he's, a, he's a perfect teammate, and I'm glad that he's one of our leaders on the team. We would not be this program that we are now without him, and I'm just really thankful for him. You mentioned last week's Deep Blue on Lopini. Uh, this week's Deep Blue is on Chris Brooks, and we'll see that a little later on in the program. Defensively, Max Tooley gets his first career touchdown on his fourth career interception, and that early pick six just kind of kept the wave rolling for you guys. Yeah, we kind of tease him a little bit because uh, he got an interception against Washington a few years back, and I swear he jumped from the 10-yard line. Ended up a little early. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, like a yeah. premature jump, you know, <laughs> um, like he was in a long jump competition or something. But uh, So I, I kind of tease him about that. I was like, just whatever you do, don't jump from far away. So when he caught this, I was like, he better not try to jump from even the five-yard line. Yeah. Um, plus, I think, you know, you never know, rest can throw a penalty on that one. But... Um, just really happy. He, 
He's really starting to, um, man, he's starting to master his technique and his footwork. He's, he's always had this uh, crazy uh, quick twitch and explosiveness as an athlete, but now he's starting to really put it together. And, um, you know, it's been nice being able to work with him in, in, in our position group, but man, just really happy. I think, I think he's got a, a He's got more of those plays to be made, so hopefully he can get it done this Saturday too. Max is in the film room tonight, which we're going to see in a bit, and, and that, that play you're talking about might come up the early jump. Uh, <laughs> uh, the DBs, uh, you went into this game thinking you could rotate four corners for those two spots. There was a rotation, a corner, a lot of safeties played. Your leading tackler was a former tryout player in Jacob Boren. Yeah, and uh, I, the, the corners, we knew that they would be deep, and we, if you look at the outside corners, they, they didn't get a lot of work which means that they're locking their guys down. Um, probably not a lot of people are open, but I like the, the corners showing up and tackling. I mean, that means that they're, you know, you, sometimes corners don't show up quick, and we, we had these guys that were just flying upfield and trying to make tackles, and that's a good sign for us. But um, we, we put our guys in some tough positions in coverage, and that's okay. We just, it's what the fans want, so here we go. <laughs> BYU wins it by a score of 50-21. to 21. And the Cougars open up their season at 1-0. Another season opening win for Kalani. Again, he doesn't know why or how, but somehow you're 6-1 in your seven season openers. No, it's the fans. That's why. I, I <laughs> gave it to them. All right, let's take a look at the schedule and where it shapes up right now with BYU at 1-0. And the left half of the screen continues with Baylor coming in on Saturday. So what it turns out to be, Kalani is ranked versus ranked. As you guys go to 21st in the AP poll today, Baylor is up to 9th. And so it's a pair of top 25 teams squaring off on a Saturday night. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. And we played them last year, and so I think we, we we're excited to show how much we've improved from last year's game to this year. So. We'll see, what, we'll see what happens. A Big 12 preview. I was on the radio in Waco today, and they're very excited for what this game means because uh, the people of Baylor were, were really thrilled to get BYU in the Big 12. They thought last year was a great start to the rivalry. We'll see it again this year. And then in future years, this will be just a, another league game for you. Yeah, and we, you know, we are, as a team, we really like being out in, in Waco, and we like our experience being in that stadium. Uh, the fans were obviously cheering for their team, but uh, really respectful and and nice and you could tell they they they, they were excited that we were invited to the big 12 and yeah. it felt really nice to to be welcomed like that and uh, i'm sure it helped that they won the game yeah. for them but uh it was really cool you know and i think that this is going to be a, a fun uh conference rivalry and looking forward to playing there, but now I'm, I'm excited about them coming here to Provo this weekend. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. All right, let's take a break. For your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play, -play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton. Weekdays, noon Eastern, BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back right after this, Max Tooley goes inside the film room with Jerem, and later, it's Deep Blue on running back Christopher Brooks. Stay with us. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics. Smith's, fresh for everyone. Brady Industries, honestly better. And by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, so welcome back inside Studio C in Provo for more BYU football with Kalani Sitake. BYU now ranked 21st in the AP poll after Saturday's 50-21 win at South Florida. Cougs up from 25-21. to This Saturday, ranked versus ranked with the Baylor Bears in town. Baylor 9th, and more on the Bears coming up in a bit. First up, we head inside the film room 
for a closer look at the Cougs' last game from one key player's perspective. And tonight that player is linebacker Max Tooley with our Jerem Jordan. All right, Max, what a play, man, the pick six. We'll look at that in just a second, but I want to point out that you actually made the tackle on kickoff coverage prior to this, so it was just the pick six. You were involved all, all over the place. Walk us through. All right, yeah, so I've, I mean, I've been playing kickoff coverage since my freshman year, so I just run down to my, my normal spot right here, kind of have to deal with a blocker that I actually dealt with the kickoff before, so we had a little bit of beef, but <laughs> so I, I got a little bit of separation and stopped the return. They have a great returner. They had some great returns. Stop it before anything too big got, got up there. Does it ever get personal or familiar, I guess, where you line up with the same guy on a kickoff? Like yeah, because kickoff, kickoff and kick return, those are generally the guys that are willing to just like sacrifice their bodies and uh, you know hit hit heads really. So you know a lot of a lot of us meet more than once throughout the game. So there's a little rivalry. Okay, let's talk about the pick six. It's just an incredible read by you. What did you see on this? On this play, I saw three three wide receivers to the field. EO, there was no receivers at the boundary. And really my responsibility was anything out to the flat. The running back was going out there. So I was expanding with him. As soon as I saw the quarterback turn, you know, I just wove my way through the blockers. They kind of missed me. I was able to, to slip through. But then I saw the ball up in the air. I thought I could catch it, you know, turn into a receiver. It was just, yeah, take it to the house at that point. Okay, there's a mild stumble there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> was the turf monster almost gonna get you? I don't know if it was necessarily the turf monster, but it was something in my head for sure. Obviously, to everybody watching, I'm not gonna get caught, but in my head, I think there's a guy right behind me, mm. you know? Like, I was trying to protect the ball with this hand, and then as soon as I actually looked up to the big screen and saw that there was no one close to me. People do that, right? Yeah. You so, look up there. So I was like, okay, if I'm good, I'm gonna hold up the little deuces. <laughs> and you know, just, it was it was like that from there. What, what's that moment like, man? Because as a defender, scoring a touchdown is really special. I've always throughout my career wanted to, wanted, wanted to score. Since I was eight, you know, playing running back, I wanted to be in the end zone. You know, I was happy to start off my my junior year with a touchdown. Okay, so. speaking of, let's go back to 2019 in Washington. Right, 2019. This is, this is, you make a great play. And then I can't remember talking to you whether you thought the five was the end zone or not, but I feel like your pick six was some redemption for this. You got <laughs> in the end zone. I think so as well. Yeah, on this play, I got the ball. It, it, it tipped up to me. I get a little carried away at the end. You know, my head gets down. I wasn't quite sure. There was new, uh, you know, end zones for the, for this game. Right. So, you know, I was a little disoriented, but you know, that happens. We score the next play. So yeah, you learn from your mistakes. You know, I, I, I didn't trip this time. I didn't try to dive from the six. And yeah. you come over to the sideline and there's a shot on, on ESPNU there of you and Puka embracing. And I, I tweeted, we score touchdowns. That's probably what they said. What'd you guys say in that moment? Honestly, you're probably not far off. Like me and Puka, <laughs> we, me and Puka are really good friends and we always talk about scoring together. So as soon as I saw him score two, I was like, I need to join the party. Um, so yeah, we, we got some embrace after that, you know, a little, a little celebration. Okay, now you got a big one with Baylor, obviously. Uh, a team that you played last year, they ran the ball really well. What will be the key to stopping that run and that offense? You know, I think it's just a matter of having the, all guys healthy. You know, we're a lot, we're in a lot better shape this year than we were last year going into this Baylor game. We'll definitely have a lot um, bigger impact in stopping the run this year. I think as long as we stay assignment sound and everyone sticks to their job, I really don't see any reason why we can't, you know, win this game, put up a big fight. And then give me a sense of what it's like on a Saturday night to run out of Lavelle Edwards Stadium in that time. Every home opener we've had in the last couple of years has been crazy. I know Lavelle is going to be pumping for sure. 
You know, there's going to be a lot of people. It'll be a perfect environment to go and up to them. All right, Max, thanks for the time, man. Best luck Saturday. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. You just watched Max Tooley take us through a few minutes of, uh, of television magic there. He's a fun uh, fun personality. Yeah, I love that guy. He, he, he's, uh, yeah, you don't get bored hanging around with him. So he's just, but he's intense and, and, and he wants to be great. He's, I mean, he does so, so many great things as far as connecting. You saw his friendship with the receiver, right? So he's, he's always, um, always trying to find ways to, to build a camaraderie and the brotherhood and the love on our team. And so he's, he's a big part of our success too. I, I'm just lucky I get the coach. He's a great young man, and I'm just really proud of him. I remember the days that he was at Bountiful making plays, and, and so seeing him doing it on our field and in our, in our jersey it makes me really, really, I'm really honored to see him doing it. What makes him a really good linebacker? His instincts. I mean, that's, that stuff, we, we, we talk about it, but the reason why those two block, the two receivers missed them is because it's not, it's not common for a linebacker to just jump the gun like that. And, and he, had, he had the right eyes, and he, I mean, he just knew um, the instincts that, that, that the quarterback was going to throw the ball, and, and he jumped it. He had a similar play later where um, he, uh, it was a kind of a bad throw because he jumped it so quick on, on, the, on a running back again. And if it would have been on, on point, I think he would have another, had another pick six. So his instincts are, are I mean, this, that's stuff you can't teach. Um, so I, just, I want him to feel comfortable when he feels it to go make, within the, you know, within his, his responsibilities. I mean, that's, he can't just blitz when you're not supposed to. But if, if you make the play then, and, and you're feeling it, then go ahead and do it. I, I don't want to hold a guy back because his responsibility is to cover one guy when he mm -hmm. can go make, the, make, the, make a touchdown. All right, next up for BYU is future Big 12 foes. The Baylor Bears this Saturday night, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. A fourth all-time meeting in the series. Baylor leads two games to one. There were two wins in Waco and a loss in Provo back in the home opener for BYU in 1984. So, Kalani, you've got the Big 12 champs in your house a year after BYU fell at Baylor, 38-24. A great chance to see where you are in relation to the team that you say kind of sets the standard right now in the Big yeah. 12. I mentioned that yesterday in, in the press conference because, I, I mean, they're the champs, you know, and, and uh, when we played them last year, I knew that they had a special team. You could just see it and, and the strength on the team and the um, just the, the way that they're coached. I think Dave Randa does a great job with that crew, and obviously Grimey's there with him, but uh, they, get, they get the most out of their guys. Their guys are tough, physical, and they're, they're athletic. Um, they, they won the Big 12 championship, so if we, if we want to be able to compete, these are the guys. These are the top dogs. And, we get them at home, so it's it's a what a great opportunity for us, you know, to welcome them to Provo, and so they can so their fans can see what it's like and the environment. Is, I mean, we have some friendly fans, and but they're loud and they make a lot of noise. And for some reason, at 8:15, they get louder more than ever. So I'm looking forward to it. Then you could tell Max was getting all excited yeah. about it. Um, yeah, we, they're definitely there's a, an advantage for us having them there, and um, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. What's your main recollection from the game you played against them last year, and where do you hope to be better this time around? Well, uh, as far as X's and O's and on the field, I, I felt like they they did what they wanted to do, and they're good at running the ball. And um, you know, it's it's we have to stop that. We we can't just let, allow them to just to just do what they want. And so uh, we're gonna have to you know put our cleats in the ground and 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 make sure that we can do whatever we we can and make sure they don't just own us on the field. And that's the defensive side on offense. Uh, it's just making sure that we're 
executing like we did last week. I mean, um, not a lot of defenses can stop us when Jaron's doing what he did last week. And mm -hmm. so and from what I see in practice, it's nice having a bunch of veterans back in a lot of depth, right? But the, um, uh, yeah, for us, all three phases are going to have to be clicking and we're going to need our fans to step up and maybe cause some false starts and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, miscommunication because I know that's going to be a problem for them. That Arizona State game was a late night start just like it was uh, coming yeah. up this Saturday too. Think <laughs> about that. Uh, they've already played a game. They, they beat an FCS team mm -hmm. uh, 69 to 10 on the weekend. Baylor played Albany. I know that uh, Coach Tuiaki in the coordinator's corner yesterday thought that Albany was a pretty good team, pretty good FCS team. And uh, Baylor uh, had big play after big play and, and won easily as you might expect on the weekend. Yeah, and, and rested a lot of their guys too. And so the, you see uh, they have a really good team at that, that it starts with, we, we've been talking for a long time about our O-line. Well, they have a, a really good, strong O-line as well. They're Our all starters back. back. Exactly. So that they're, uh, you know, I think we're very similar in a lot of ways. And so obviously their offensive coordinator was our offensive coordinator. So there's going to be a lot of similarities. Um, we're, we're a lot older and we, we tend to learn some, some really cool lessons from, from uh, I, that's what we're big on. We're big on love and learn and that's part of our culture. So I think, um, you're not going to see the same team as last year against Baylor. We're, we're a much better team and different and uh, smarter. And so that experience was really good for us. And I think it helped catapult us in the offseason. And now the moment is here. So let's, let's see what happens. Uh, Jeff Grimes has gone to Waco and, and done there what he was doing for you here. And in the meantime, uh, the coach you work really closely with here in play calling, Aaron Roderick, has picked up and has done great things for you even while Jeff's gone on to Waco. I think it's, uh, you have really good offensive minds in both schools right now. Yeah, and th I mean, that's uh, and good, good people, you yeah. know. And so I'm really happy for, for the success that Baylor's had, especially with, um, with, you know, with Grimey and Mateos being there. But I, I want him to do well in every game except for the one on Saturday. So, right. you know, but, I, but as far as love and respect, man, those are my guys. And same with Dave Aranda. They're great people. Yeah. I think the BYU fans would really like who they are as, as individuals and respect them. But, you know, we can also just cheer for us and, and wish them the best after, yeah. you know, from here on out. And from presidential leadership at both schools on down to coaches and players, feels like there's a lot of respect between these two programs for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a look at our Saturday broadcast schedule for BYU and Baylor. It's a late night kick, as Coach has mentioned. Uh, BYU Sports Nation game day on TV and Cougar pregame live on radio. That's BYU TV and BYU Radio. Both will kick off at 8 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Mountain Time. The game on ESPN at 8.15 Eastern, 8.15 Mountain, 10 p.m., 10.15 p.m. Eastern. And then for BYU TV and BYU Radio, postgame coverage well into the late night. Mondays on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Join me and A-Rod, Coach Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb for Coordinator's Corner. That's Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Watch it on the BYU TV app. Hear it on the BYU Radio app. And before this program on Tuesdays, you can get After Further Review with Dave and Blaine and David. Tuesdays, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, 5 o'clock Mountain. Again, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coming up, we will go Deep Blue on BYU running back Chris Brooks and linebacker Keenan Peely will join us in studio as BYU football with Kalani Sitake continues. We're back with more after this. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Well, former BYU running back Tyler Algier had a spectacular season in 2021, a season that launched him into the NFL as a draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons. 
Taking Tyler's place on the field, Cal transfer Chris Brooks expected to shoulder the load as RB1 for this year's talented BYU offense. But Brooks is used to doing hard things, something he learned after an experience involving a childhood friend, as we discover in this week's edition of Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries, Honestly Better. I remember he had a beanie, he had a white shirt, white cargo pants, mid socks, and little vans. I remember, you know, we were just chopping it up after school. There's a little break between like a track meet and like, when school ends. You know, I dapped him up. I was like, all right, bro, you going home? Usually, you know, like stay for the track meet or whatever, you know, we'll hang out. But he was just like, nah, nah, I'm out of here, I'm out of here. Me and Sergio and Chris were very close in our group. We are the type of friends to go to practice together, hope we get the same classes. It's like we treated each other like we meant the world to each other. It was just like our normal day, and next day, his suicide was, you know, it was, it played a toll on my friend group. When Sergio passed away, Chris was real life like the friend you need when you're going through something. We were young, you know, we didn't really quite understand life and death to his, like, his fullest and everything. And he would, he would let me know, like, everything will be okay, man. You just gotta believe in God and believe he, he has, he has shows you things in, in weird ways. So it's just like, don't beat yourself up for things you can't control. We had to grow up real quick, you know, losing a friend, a close friend like that. At the end of the day, it's just, we're still here, we're breathing and we're fine, you know what I mean? So we just gotta be there for each other. It gave us a new outlook on life to, you know, Check up on your loved ones for sure. He was the show that I, I cried on. He was he was there for the hug. He was there for hanging out the next day, making sure I was good. You know what I mean? That that's why I love Chris. My first year at Cal, you know, 18 years old, you know, just out of high school. I think that that was a hard time because I think most of us are probably homesick. Uh, you know, I've been to Oceanside my whole life, and then I'm just like, I just go to the Bay Area, you know, with a bunch of strangers. He puts his guard up a lot, you know, when it comes to meeting new friends. You know, something will happen to them, and then he's heartbroken again because he lost a friend. He was very protective of probably his heart. But after, you know, he gets to know him for a while, then he opens up and, and, and you know, he, he's probably the best friend that they ever had, you know. As I started, like, meeting new friends, you know, get to interact with my teammates, you know, and be more social, I thought I had a better time. After Sergio passed away, it changed Chris, it changed me, and I know Chris always kept the perfect circle for him. Whoever fit what he needed, if you're not on the same currency of being great, I think he'd rather not be next to you. All his relationships are very personal and they're, you have to be strong. When you're close and you have active relationships with people, I learned from a young age, you know, especially in middle school, that, you know, it could be very good for your mental health and it can be very good for, you know, your social life. The fact that he was willing to leave a starting spot and a good school at Cal and graduate and take the chance of coming out to BYU, I think he saw an opportunity for him to be in a, an environment that his skills and his talents could thrive. You can find that with our offensive coaches and their mindset. I think it's a perfect connection for us to have him. Much love to them guys, but, you know, I think back when I was at Cal, we didn't really bond like we did here. I'd say a lot of the times, you know, we just work out, you know, have practice. Here, it's almost like 
you'll hang out, you'll, you'll work out as a team, you know, you'll practice as a team, but, you know, we're almost hanging out with each other, like, a lot. Yeah, so the first time I really bonded with Chris was when he invited me to yoga. Um, I was a little bit nervous, you know, I'd never done that before, but he was like, no, all the guys are going, it's gonna be a good experience, you're gonna get better, and we're gonna get better together. And I was like, okay, we'll do it. The credit to him, being, you know, still still staying open to quality relationships, knowing that they're out there. And for some people, it's not hard to, to find. Some people, it takes a lot longer, and obviously he, he's one of those, and so I love, the, love him for that. He's hardworking, he's smart, he's a go-getter. Any project he has, he sees it through to the end. He's competitive, you know, and what really molds him into the person that he is is that going through the trials and tribulations and experiences that he has gone through so far, thus far in his life, is molding him to be the best person that he could be for himself and to other people as well. That's exactly how he lives. Looks like uh, he's going to be good for BYU, and hopefully BYU is going to be great for, for Chris Brooks too. Yes, it's a perfect match. And, and uh, you know, he, he has a, a different way of leading, and, and it's, it's subtle but really effective. Um, but he, he, he makes big plays, but he makes a big impact in people's lives too. So I, I think uh, taking the pain that he's felt and, and um, being able to share his story and being able to be vulnerable like that, I, I think it takes a – a great leader, and, and I've, I love the way that he, uh, you know, just his relationships with our players. I mean, it's, it's awesome, and uh, it, like I said, I said earlier, it just felt like he, he always was ours, you know, so um, I'm glad that he's here. I wish he had more years. Yes, but, I say, you get him for but, only a year, but... Uh, yeah, but we do a good job with, with guys that came here for a short, short amount of time, and, and, and they feel really welcome, and, and I think he's, he, he'll definitely be a cougar for life. Yeah, excellent. Well, as much attention as was given to the uh, BYU offense, returning a ton of talent in 2022, and Chris being a new part of that offense, the BYU defense had as much reason for optimism this season, in part because of the return of our next guest. After a 2021 campaign cut short due to injury, this BYU captain has come back strong and looks as good as ever as he joins us tonight here in Studio C. Please welcome in our special guest tonight, linebacker Keenan Peely. I'll Thanks for coming in. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned the injury, and you probably end up talking a lot about it, and you're probably uh -huh. tired of talking about it. So how <laughs> nice was it to put that aside, be back playing football in Tampa this past Saturday? Uh, couldn't ask for more. It's super cool to be back on the field. I think I talked with my family right after the game. You know, happy, happy we won, happy we executed and, and did good things. But I was also happy that, you know, I, I could play for once. That was pretty cool for me. So I'm very excited. Uh, what did you do during the, uh, the delay on Saturday, the two and a half hours? Uh, I mostly hung out in the locker and just hung out with the boys. And, you know, we put our, all put our legs up and, and talked. We're, we just relaxed, kind of, trying to stay low until it's time to tune it up. You served a church mission to Orlando? Yes. So you know all about Florida weather at that time of year, probably. Oh, yeah, definitely. So you knew when the thunderstorm was coming, this, this could be a while. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> or it could blow over in 10 minutes. You never know. <laughs> you never know. And what was it like to be back in, uh, back in Florida? You're, you're, too, cool. you're not too far from Orlando. Yeah, yeah, not too far. I was, I was able to actually see a lot of people from my mission, and that was super cool for me to visit with them after the game. And to be back in Florida, 
it's always fun for me. Always, you know, once I feel that humidity, I'm like back on my mission again. Pretty cool. <laughs> Kalani, how, how do you like the, uh, the heat and humidity angle out there, by the way? Yeah, my wife's from right there, Polk County, Haines City area. So we're always there every July because I'm a good husband, try to visit the in-laws <laughs> as much as I can. But know that we like that area. Um, you know, I thought it was good. I thought it was good the last couple times that we played football there. So as long as we have couple wins. some really good linebackers that can make big plays like <laughs> Keenan, we'll be all right. Uh, your opening game thoughts now that you beat the, the Bulls 50, 50 to 21. Um, you know, I think, you know, it was great to win and we, we thought we got off to a good start. Um, definitely some spots we can improve on. I think we can all tell and, and we're doing our best to, to fix those. I think is what we want to take from that game is, is focus on those things where we can improve and make sure we improve in this game. Okay, how, how much did you feel like yourself or back to normal in game one? Pretty close. I felt actually really, really good. I think someone asked me after the game, or a few people actually asked me, hey, how's the knee feeling, how's the knee feeling? I'm like, shoot, I think my knee feels more healthier than some of the other spots on my body. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty uh, happy about that. It was an ACL for you, right, last yes. year? Uh, and not, not that it's nothing, but ACLs are an injury from which guys tend to do pretty well, well recovering. Mm -hmm. Has that given you a lot of confidence, like this is something you can really get through and it's not going to you know, set you back too terribly? Yeah, I, it actually really has. You know, I was able to talk to a lot of players that went through the same thing, and everyone always told me, hey, you're going to be stronger than, than ever. Hey, that's going to be your good leg once you're done with this. Mm. And I've been blessed with so many people supporting me and, and helping me in this journey. I have all the confidence in the world in it, and um, it's pretty cool. Kalani, certain family names are tied to the BYU program. Peely is one of those names. Mm -hmm. What's it like to have a Peely in the program? And then we'll ask Keenan for some of the family ties that exist. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're tough, you know, and they make big plays. And, they, I mean, they love the game of football, but uh, the leadership is the thing that Keenan, he's, he's, I think he's being really shy and stuff like that, but he's, he's, a, he's the, the captain of our defense. And he, everything, all the calls go through him. So he makes all the checks. Um, but the cool thing about it is the depth on our team is really good because of the, the, the mentoring that he's done with guys like Ben Bywater, Max Tooley. He and Peyton have done done a good job leading those younger guys, and then that's that, that speaks to you know the depth that we have on our team overall is, is um, the teaching, the mentoring. Keenan's the one that kind of set that standard, and he had an older brother that did the same thing for him too. Okay, so he mentions the older brother. Let's go into some of the family ties where, where the Peely name is with BYU football. Yeah, so my, you know, my me family, obviously my brother played here, and then I came in. That's and Tra I was, Trajan. Trajan Peely. Yeah. yeah, and then I got to play with him. It was pretty cool. I was playing, and now my younger brother just came in, Logan, and now I could play with him. And then my uncle played here a while back, I, uh, Ifo. Ifo, yeah. And then um, my cousin played here as well, Jojo. So when it was time for you to decide on where to go to school, was it like a natural thing, or is it, or do you have to look other places and kind of weigh it all together? Yeah, I... I I don't know if I was as quick as Trey <laughs> to commit, but uh, once I knew I was committed 100% and knew I needed to be here, so that was always now, special for me. This is Kalani's seventh season here as a head coach. I think you were, I think you were on his first team, 2016. Yeah, yeah, I was 2016. <laughs> so you've been here a while. Uh -huh. You should involved too, but still, yeah. you're you're a part of the start, and you're here as he's into season seven, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Prior to my mission, yeah. Yeah, has it flown by for you? It well, has. It feels like six years. It has, but also feels kind of, now that you're talking about 2016, it kind of feels far ago, long yeah. ago. All right. Uh, and you can come back again, too, <laughs> just so everybody knows that. 
Uh, Baylor, you've got Baylor this weekend, and it's a rematch from last year. What are your primary recollections from the game last year? Um, you're not, you're not obviously on the field. You're yeah, watching yeah. your guys, though. I think I have my leg up, but you know, I was just happy with you know the boys and how hard they played. Obviously, there's so much uh, we can improve on, and we hope to improve on this year, and hammering those things down. But you know, we have the guys, all the confidence in the world that that we can handle that this year. Okay, uh, we're going to take some uh, social media questions in the next segment. Can you stick around for that? For sure. All right, Keenan Peely is with us. Kalani is with us. We'll come back and have your social media questions for Kalani and Keelan when BYU Football with Kalani Sitake continues. We're back with more right after this. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is presented by... Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics. And by Smarty, location data experts. All right, so welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitaka here in Studio C. Before we get to our Q&A, Keenan, you were going through some of the family ties uh, between you and the program, the Peely family. Did we, did we forget anybody in, in, the, in the rundown? Of- I think we forgot someone. Okay. <laughs> My wife married Murley. Okay. La so. so we count him. Yeah, yeah, we'll count him. Okay, well, good. <laughs> brother. Uh, let's go to social your, media. Your uh, sister. Huh? No, he's my brother now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Brother. Yeah. Third brother. Married the sister. Yes. Yes. Brother-in-law. Okay. Uh, for Keenan, uh, what? Keenan's what? nervous, guys. Leave him alone. He'll he'll have the last laugh one day. I said it when he's a stake president someday, mission president back in Orlando Mission. Uh-huh. For Keenan from social, uh, what part of game day uh, fires you up the most? Probably the first drive, I'd probably say, is, is that's the most, I feel like the most, you know, the energy's high, the crowd's loud, and yeah. When, when Max scores a pick six, do all the linebackers feel like they just scored a touchdown at that point? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure, yeah, you think you were the one picking it off. <laughs> <laughs> nice play by Max, though, right? Amazing. Did you guys like watching that together in film? Oh, for sure. For sure, definitely a highlighted play in the, the meeting. You probably even saw it on the plane heading home. I would think he could have even seen it on, on the iPad drive uh-huh. flying home that night. Definitely. Uh, all right, next question. This one will be for uh, Kalani. Uh, how does familiarity with uh, the Baylor coaches impact game planning if it does? A little bit. I, I mean, more they know more about our program than we know about them. But I, we know Dave Aranda. We know some of the guys that are on their staff. So when it gets down to the game planning and, and the strategy of it all um we, we do our best they do their best and it comes down to the players making plays and i think this this game will come down to our guys you know doing their job being assignment style but also coming down to the fundamentals of the game so we we tackle well we block well we're going to be just fine i, I don't want to uh, make this game into too much than what it already is which is two really good teams two ranked teams that are playing and uh, we we have the benefit of being at home and so Hopefully that'll be something that get us over, you know, get a, gain us a victory in this game. Okay, next question coming in from Tyler on the social, and it asks uh, Kalani, is it difficult to refocus your team after such a dominating win last weekend? No, I, I, I mean, we kind of expected that we were going to play at our best, and I think, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of things that really surprise our guys, you know, other than when they don't play well. 
and when we're not playing at our best, it's usually when we're losing our, our, our mindset and we're, we're um, functioning on fear and, and, and anger more than on what we, we motivate ourselves with, which is love, love of the game and appreciation of what they get to do. So yeah, for me, it's just keeping them focused on, uh, on, on the moment. And the moment can get really big and guys can get really nervous, and, but uh, we can spin that so it can be a benefit for us. Okay, as we go to break before we do, a uh, quick question, uh, jersey number 41. How'd you end up with that? Oh, they just give it to me. That's, no, 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 no big deal, right? No, I was bit, no, yeah, I got it my, I think my first year, and then I just kept it and made it my own. I loved it. I love it. Loved okay, it good stuff. Uh, as we go to break, uh, here's this week's trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport. Against which team did BYU record its highest ever single game attendance at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? The answer is coming up next. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Here's tonight's trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport. Question, against which team did BYU record its highest ever single game attendance at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? And the answer is Notre Dame. Back in 1993, more than 66,000 fans. Greg Grubel with Kalani and Keenan Peely, whose sister married Marona Ilulu Pututa. All right. Uh, <laughs> This season on the Sitake Show, we close the show with a sneak preview of the upcoming weekend's uniform combination, live in studio. This week's combo features a never-before-seen helmet. It's a brand-new helmet, never been worn until this weekend. Let's bring out our highly paid model, Travis Hodson, in uniform for BYU versus Baylor. <laughs> Hello, Travis. Okay. And week by week, Travis gets more comfortable out here. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of uh, facts on this uniform. Uh, first time it's ever being worn, of course, because the helmet's new. Now, you've done the all-royal, in fact, Arizona game in Vegas last year, but that was the old royal helmet. This is the chrome uh, royal finish with, the, uh, the, with the, the nickel face mask. It's called the Lightning Royal Blue Helmet. Thumbs up on this, guys? Oh, yeah. You liking? Yeah. I love royal. What do you think, folks? Yeah? I'm going to give a shout out to Keenan's family over here. We got 10 seconds yeah. to do it. You want to introduce, are you going to do this okay? Uh, introduce them. There's my dad, mom, and my wife down the line. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Have a great week. Go kids, you're out.